continue what we started two Sundays ago. If you remember two Sundays ago, we had a mission and, and vision of the church Sunday. And uh, one of those, and maybe a, a lot towards the, the latter half of that, we talked about uh, connect groups and, and what that means. And I want to uh, give it a little bit more. There's two things that we want to accomplish tonight. The first thing is I want you to understand exactly what we mean when we say a connect group. So we want to explain it as best we can. And then the second thing I want to do is, is give you just a little instruction um, as to how you can go about maybe starting one. Now, everything tonight, I'm going to do my best to be done at 8.30. So that lets you know. That's, that's my desire. We'll see how it works. Obviously, I can't give you all the information in, in that time period. And so uh, we actually have a, a very robust um, direction and manual that we've used and developed that, that and, and you'll hear me talk about it a little bit. So just understand, you're not going to figure out everything tonight, and I totally understand that. What I want to do is tell you what it is and whet your appetite and then let you and God have some conversations and then there'll be some instructions as what to do when that happens. But I don't want to just get into to, to, to kind of going through it and introducing it. I want to follow up with some verses that I had in my notes on that Sunday that I couldn't get to. Because if you remember, we spent a lot of time talking about the story of Peter and Cornelius. That, that Cornelius, a devout man, got, got, if you will, God to come into his house. He invited God into his house. He had his friends, he had his family there. And, and in that home fellowship group, the Holy Ghost fell. In that, in that connect group at their house, the Holy Ghost fell. And so I want to talk about that. But in, to do so, I want to invite you to turn me to the book of Luke chapter 19. And I'm going to go by very quickly because, again, I, I now only have 28 minutes. And so uh, I, want to, I want to hit this. But the story of Luke 19 opens up the story of Jesus coming into Jericho, passing through, verse 2. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. Uh, Sister Jeannie, you can kind of follow it through. He, he was looking, I'm going to paraphrase, you can just kind of figure out where I'm at and, and meet me there. But he was, uh, he, he was curious about Jesus. He may not have been a believer, although I would, if you want to have fun, and I'm, here's my first rabbit trail, and it's a dangerous rabbit trail, but if your Bible's like mine, um, ch chapter 18 is before chapter 19. So if your Bible's like mine, that's where it's going to be. And if you look at chapter 18, verse 9, it tells a parable about a Pharisee and a tax collector. And I'm just kind of curious if maybe the Lord was looking forward to a meeting that was going to happen later with a tax collector named Zacchaeus. Just one of those things for you to go home and look it up. And I, I think there may be some correlation there. But Zacchaeus is there and he's rich. He was seeking to see who Jesus is, but he could not because the crowd was big and he was short. So he runs up, climbs on a sycamore tree to see Jesus is about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up to him and said, Zacchaeus, hurry up and come down because I'm going to stay at your house today. At the risk of being very simplistic, at the risk of, of being a little bit kind of cliche, can I just tell you it's time to invite Jesus into our homes before COVID hit, back in September or October of 2019, I preached a message that said it begins at the home. 
Little did I know how important that message would be. For in just a few short months later, church would be effectively shut down and we would only be in our homes for three months. It's not, though, enough for you just to meet with your family, your wife, your spouse, your kids. I want to tell you it's time to invite Jesus in your homes. In fact, I would take you to another tax collector. You could find with me, and if you'd go, turn to the book of Mark chapter 2. The book of Mark chapter 2 tells another story of a tax collector and Jesus. Verse 13 begins to talk about the call of a disciple or a future disciple named Levi. We would also call him Matthias or Matthias. But, but Levi comes and he's at a tax, or, or, or Jesus comes and he sees Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at a tax booth. And Jesus says to him, follow me. And Levi rose and followed him. Now we would talk about that, you know, now he's a disciple. But look at the very first thing recorded that, that Levi did. Now I did not give this a thorough understanding or a thorough look. But in my mind, just quickly, this is the only thing I really ever see attributed to Levi. I, don't, I, I cannot pull off the top of my head any other acts attributed to Levi. I may be wrong, and if so, come tell me. I want to learn. But, but in my mind, this is, this is the greatest thing that I find recorded that Levi did. As Jesus was sitting at the table in Levi's house, I just kind of helped you with the pronouns. As Jesus was sitting at the table at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And then, of course, the scribes and the Pharisees got mad. Why are you eating with sinners? Why are you eating with tax collectors? This doesn't make any sense. And that's when he says, well, it's because I've not come to help those who are well. I've come to help those who are sick. Okay? I want to... I want to try to make sure we don't always preach to the well people. We don't always preach to the people that's kind of already figured it out. We need to have some God moments with those that need him. And so you find that the first thing that Levi did is he said, I got to bring my friends. I'm sure, you know, no one liked a tax collector. That's, we don't even like them today. No one likes a tax collector. And so they say birds of a feather flock together. It seems that the only friends Levi had were other tax collectors and other sinners. But that's who he got together, invited Jesus into his house, and Jesus was able to minister. That's what I'm asking from Lighthouse today, is that we would get to the place where we can invite Jesus into our houses. Let's go back to the book of Luke. Let's go to Luke chapter 7. And, and this, again, deserves a whole sermon on it, and I don't have time at all to do it. But have you ever wondered, you, you can turn there if you can figure out where I'm at, Sister Jeannie, do it. But have you ever wondered... The Bible says that Jesus went to Simon the Pharisee's house and was eating at Simon the Pharisee's house when a sinful woman came, busted in the house, wiped Jesus' feet with her tears, washed them with tears, dried them with her hair, and, and all of this happens. How many of you know that story? Okay, Sister, Sister Soros, I don't understand that, and I actually had a hard time understanding it because I know that Pharisees and women didn't get along. Okay? Pharisees, Pharisees would not even let a woman touch them, not even come close. And, and so I have tried to figure out how in the world did a sinful woman, we would probably call her a prostitute, how did a sinful woman bust into the house of a pious Pharisee and have enough time to wash Jesus' feet? Why didn't they throw her out? I, I, for, for the last two weeks, well, actually three weeks, I've, I've pondered that. 
I called my dad. He didn't give me any help. I called some other ministers in the church. They didn't give me any help. Finally, I called one of the greatest New Testament scholars I knew, and I, I started talking to him. And then he, he was telling me it sounded awesome, and I, I so wanted to believe him. But, you know, got to be a little careful. So I finally found some other, other commentaries that backed it up. And it goes like this. Part of the tithes that, that you find in the Bible is that not only do you give your 10% or you give your first fruits, but they followed a, a thing of tithes that if I'm going to have a banquet at my house, I will have a side banquet over in kind of a, for all the poor people. If I'm going to fix all this food for all my friends, surely we're going to have some leftovers. And, you know, all those beggars that are on the street and all those that are misfortunate, we'll give them a little banquet. We'll kind of share, and it makes them feel good, right? And so the understanding, and I can back it up with several commentaries in history of Jewish uh, uh, traditions, was that while Jesus is eating with all the important people, over here, maybe right outside or maybe in another you know, back room, there's the sinner people eating. And somewhere, that sinner woman got wind that Jesus was in the house. And because the Pharisees did not give her access to the Savior, she barged her way in. But I'm going to tell you today, that doesn't happen very often. And, and maybe not you, perhaps I'll just shine a mirror back at me. I've been guilty of this far too often. I have friends. I've even brought them into my house. But I've never given them access to Jesus. They've always just been on the outskirts. They're my friends. I fish with them. I hunt with them. We talk about it. I go hang with them. We, we, we do different things. But God forbid, did I ever not give them access to the Savior that's right there? I don't want to be that person. I want to make my home a place where I introduce them to Jesus. It's simple. I say it again. You'll see those circles. You'll see it. It's a place, lighthouse, we are a place to be loved. We're committed to expressing the love of Christ to every person all the time. You can know more of it. You know, there, there's more to that, but we're a place where you can belong. I want it to be more than just church services that lighthouse offers, but I want them to find a place to belong, even at our own homes, connected to the power of God place to believe. I hope I'm not the only one teaching and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I hope the only time we preach isn't just around this pulpit. I hope it happens at Applebee's sometimes. I hope it happens when you're standing in line somewhere. I hope it happens at your work and at your school and in your extended family. Let that belief grow because ultimately it's a place for them to become. Think about how far God's brought you. Think of where he's changed or what he's changed you from, what he's delivered you from. Look at where you are right now. There's others that need what you have, and they need to become. It's much like the old adage, you have to be a friend in order to make a friend. And so what I want to do, and, and, and we're going to try this. Let me see. I need uh, about four of you guys to go find Sister Shay right there, uh, Andrew, Grant, uh, uh, whatever your name is, Nolan and... Zane and whoever else, go grab those, those papers. I don't, I don't care, uh, Brody and Jack, you can jump in too. If you're a couple, if you're married, maybe just take one just so we can make sure we have enough for everybody. And, uh, but, but you can follow along with me. It gives you something that you can have. Let me know if we get close to running out. But do it real quick. 
If you want to know where I just read, I realize I read it and y'all didn't have it, but I'm reading page three. Make it real simple. Now, as they're doing that, everybody look at me for a minute. I know what you're going to do because I've sat where you are. You're going to shut off your ears and you're going to read all the pages before I get to them. Don't do that. I'm going to read it. You'll get it. But, but don't, don't read ahead because I want you to hear it with everybody else and I want you to receive it with everybody else. And then you can take it home and read it until it falls apart. And if you fall it apart, I'll get you another one. But we want you to read it. All right. Does everybody have one? Does every couple have one? Is there anybody that doesn't have one and, and that we missed? All right. We got one right here we need. We got it. All right. So we're on page three. I just read all that. You don't have to read it. Look at the very bottom. The fact is, if you want to be, if you want a friend, you got to be a friend. We have to be near. We have to be around people that need Jesus in order to find someone who will follow us to Jesus. Y'all remember the story of, of the, um, by the way, I don't think I'm going to make my 830. I'm going to do, I'm going to do real quick, but I don't think I'm going to make my 830. And, and, and you can blame it on the fact that we had a really good prayer meeting at the beginning of service. If I wouldn't have taken 15 minutes, we'd have been, we'd have been there. But uh, uh, you remember the story of, of, of the widow and the cruise of oil? And the Bible said, go gather all the empty vessels that you can gather. And then the Bible says, when the vessels were all full and there were no more empty vessels, the oil stopped. I, want a, I would love a 52 soul revival this year at Lighthouse. I would love a hundred soul revival at Lighthouse, but God can't fill them if there's no empty souls in the building. Does that make sense? So, so if you want revival, we've got to find them and bring them. We have to connect. If we're going to be a disciple-making church, we have to connect to those who need Jesus. So let's, let's go through this. I want to kind of show you what we envision when we say a connect group, we are not going to divide the church up and say, okay, these people, you go to this house and these people go to this house. This isn't what it's about. There's some people that may never be in a connect group. There may be some people that, that, that you know, it, this is a, a 100% voluntary thing. But a connect group is kind of a way that a big church feels small. It consists of people, some of them with similar interests meeting regularly for a specific period of time to enjoy an activity, to learn about a Bible topic. We're going to form groups around interest or around their gifts. It can be groups that may be based on similar life experiences. I'll just tell you right now, my wife has already got a plan. She wants to start a mom's group. My mom, or my, mom my wife is uniquely situated because we have an 18-year-old and a 4-year-old. So what that means is she can talk to moms of four-year-olds, not because we're all in the same boat, but because she's already gone through an 18-year-old and a 14-year-old. So my wife wants to set a group up, and that, so that's going to be a group of moms. And I don't know all the details she has, but that's similar life experiences. There's a, a finance group that's been talked about, like a Dave Ramsey group that may get started, and we can go there. Those meetings, we can... They're going to meet, I believe we're going to see them meeting all over the metro area. They're going to meet in homes. They're going to meet in coffee shops. They're going to meet in, at works. They're going to be P7 clubs that are meeting. It happens all over. Now, here's what it is. We want it to be something that has a set period of time. Because 
it, it could be a semester, it could be a month, it could be a couple months, but we want it to kind of have a set period of time so that it has an end so that people can either go to a different group, maybe they're ready to, maybe they're ready to go to that Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University group, or you have a point to bring other people in. You ever had to jump into a group midstream, it's kind of uncomfortable? So we give them an opportunity to do that. In this, now, now I'm going to say it, you'll see it, but none of, uh, well, most of what I'm saying is not original to us. All right? We've talked to other churches. I, I finally talked to one and said, can I just take your manual and take out your church name and put my church name in? He goes, do it. So we've done that in some of these things. So uh, the graphics are all original, but some of the, the thoughts are, we've, we've asked churches that have been successful, you know, what do you do? One of the things they say is that every meeting needs ESPN in, in it. Now that doesn't mean the football game, that doesn't mean the, that, although some of you guys are already thinking, man, that's going to be an awesome group, I want to be a part of that. But ESPN is four elements. The first one is E, evangelism. This is not about us four and no more. It's not about just me getting with my extended family, and, and I, I do that anyway. This is not just me and my best friends. We do that anyway. This is an evangelism-oriented group, and what that means is every time that group gets together, there ought to be an element of evangelism. I'm not saying that you got to pray them through the Holy Ghost right there. I'm not saying that you got to get them to church right there, but be evangelism-oriented. The second is Scripture. Every meeting is going to have a, a place where God's Word is going to go forth. It may be in a teaching session. It may be in a, a devotion. It, it may be a Bible study group that's going over a certain verse, but it needs to include the Word of God somewhere in that meeting. We're going to tell you exactly how to do that here in, in a little bit. The third element is prayer. Did y'all notice, and I think, I'm, I think I've been pastor long enough, I think I know y'all long enough, Y'all kind of like when I do that thing on Wednesday nights where we start with prayer. Because I did it for about five weeks in a row, and when I didn't do it the sixth week, some of y'all got aggravated at me. Okay? But, but y'all like that. Have you ever noticed that at your work, it might be hard to talk about doctrine, it might be hard to talk about salvation, but it's not hard to talk about prayer? You notice how people say, hey, I'm, I'm going through something, will you pray for me? You know how easy that is? We want every prayer, or every group, to have an element of prayer somewhere, a prayer request, or lead your, your group in a, in a time of prayer around that. That's what we want. The fourth element is next steps. That every time you have a group, there's every person has a next step. It might be come to the next meeting. It might be come to one of our prayer meetings. It might be come to our fall fest. It might be, uh, uh, you know, come to church. It might be, hey, do you want to be baptized? It, it might even be God's going to fill them with the Holy Ghost, but everybody has a next step, and we want that to find. You're going to find a couple of things. I'm not going to go over it, some groups, some locations, some special interests. But in this, we are looking at two different models that we, we believe is going to happen. One is called a home-based group. This is the typical uh, small group, if you will. It's based out of someone's home. There's a leader that help leads it. The primary focus of this is we're going to study the Word of God together. Now, at the beginning of all of this, 
and we're getting these started. We're not asking you to come up with your very own Bible study. Some of you could. Others would have a heart attack if I asked you to come up with topics. We don't want, we want it to be easy. And at the end of tonight, I'm going to show you a, 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 a thing that, that we have access to now called Discipleship Now that's going to make this very easy for all of us. But, um, and, and so here, here's what we're thinking. Here's what it looks like. People are going to gather at your home. I've, I've got a group of people that, that I'm very connected to. Most of you don't know them. You've never met them. You, you have no idea who they are. But, but God has put them on my heart. And, and Sister Buford and I have been talking about it, been praying about it. And we're going to open up our home to these people that we have connection to. And this is what it's going to look like. They come in, and for about the first five or ten minutes, it's just connection. Nothing crazy. Just just kind of like we do in the middle of our services and beginning our Just let people connect. Introduce We'll take about five minutes or so. We may ask, hey, does anybody have any prayer requests? And, and, and by the way, if no one has prayer requests, I always have prayer requests. So if, you, if none of you ever need, you know, if, if you can't ever find anything to pray for you, call me up. I can give you a 30-minute prayer request list if, if you need it. So if, if no one wants to raise their hand, you say, hey, pray, pray for me. I, I'm, I need this. Or I've got a family member that's sick. And you, you open that up, take a time of welcome and prayer. And then you can play this video. You'll understand it here in a moment. There's discipleship now, but it's a whole program that's designed for small groups. And, and, and so you, you would play a video. They're, they're usually, uh, a lot of them are about six to eight minutes, although the newer videos that, that's coming out are going to be more 10 to 12 minutes. So you play that video for everybody. And then there's a, a page that you can print out or, or, or have that goes along with that video that already has three to five discussion questions to get people talking about that video and so you can lead them in that discussion and then after that you have some fellowship maybe some snacks some food and you've just taken about an hour or so and you've had a very successful home-based group another one if you turn to the next page another group type is an interest-based group these are groups that connect people through common interests or hobbies. You can have a fishing group, a knitting group, a baking group. No one, I don't know why you do it, but you'd have a running group. You know, whatever that may be. And, and uh, I mean, I'll, I'll use Brother Keith. Brother Keith, he's got kayaks, and there's other people that have kayaks, and they've already taken some trips just as fun. But the idea would be, maybe we can't play a video there. That'd be a little hard to be paddling down the river and, you know, play a video but at that point, what, what we envision is maybe you're going to take a trip. You're going to paddle down the river. Well, find a sandbar about halfway down. Take 10 minutes. And remember that ESPN. You know, let, let's make a little bit of evangelism. Let's take a little bit of time to, prayer, to pray. Ask how they're doing. Share a little bit of God's word, something that's on it. Then you all get back in it. And you go, maybe it's a basketball group and you're playing basketball somewhere. Take a moment. Take a breath. Take a breather. Hit that ESPN. And, and do that. Maybe you're knitting. Maybe you're baking while the cookies are cooling off. Take a moment and share. And so those uh, would be there. It's, it's The key is to be intentional with the time that you have. So if you're already hanging around people fishing, if you're already hanging around people, you know, crafting, if you're already hanging around people doing that, well, 
be intentional about bringing God into it and, and bringing them through prayer and God's word. If you want to know what does it take, if I wanted to start a group, what kind of responsibilities are you asking me to do? It's very simple. We have another acronym. It's called PICK. The first one is to pray. I'm not going to go through every one of these. I'm assuming you can read and, and you can have it right there. But by the way, prayer is the foundation for when I preach. Prayer is the foundation for these that sing. Prayer is the foundation of our Sunday school class. Prayer is the foundation of good marriages. Prayer is the foundation of everything we do. And these connect groups should be no different. That we would pray. That, that you, would, you would learn to start praying daily for the members of your group. In, in, the, in the teaching, now the interest groups may be a little bit different, um, and, and there's other groups that are kind of open-ended, but a home group, from what we've understood and what people have told us, is somewhere between, between 10 to 15 people is kind of a, a max for a good home group, you know, to be able to. So in your prayer, you'd have 15 people or less, probably, to call them out daily when they have prayer requests, you don't just pray for them in the group. You pray for them the next day. You pray for them the following week. You, you pray for God to move. You pray for those God moments. You pray for God to open their hearts. You pray for an authentic community to develop. You, you pray and you continue to pray. The second thing is there is an investment. I'm not asking for money, but you're a leader. Just like Jesus, and I made mention of it this last week, this last Sunday. Jesus told Peter, feed my sheep. We're asking for you to help feed the sheep. Because when you have those groups, God entrusts them to your care. Just like God has entrusted a, a church to the care of a pastor. When you have a Bible study, when you have a connect group, when you've got those friends, God has entrusted those friends to your care. And so there is an investment into the lives of people that God has called you to lead. That you're going to have to be intentional. A good group doesn't just happen on the day that it has a meeting. It, 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 it's intentional. You reach out. You call. You connect. You, you make it a priority to get to know people in your group. There's connection outside of your group's normal uh, time. You, it, it's Facebook. It's social media. It's text. It's message. It's connecting and, of course, you're going to make disciples. Because I promise, if you hang around somebody intentionally trying to be a disciple maker, God's going to give you an opportunity to be a disciple maker. And, and you need to be consistent. You can't just have a, a really awesome first meeting and then not have a second meeting. It, it happens consistency. That's why people who only come to church on holidays don't have a consistent walk with God. You know, it's kind of hard to get that momentum going if you just come on Easter and Sunday and uh, uh, Christmas. No, there needs to be that weekly or biweekly commitment, or or if it's a if it's a interest based group, maybe it's a monthly commitment. But that 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 needs to be consistent. Meet on a regular basis. Find a way to consistently be connecting to your group. Make it personal. Know who they are. Remember them on their birthdays. Check in on them. Ask how their family is. Because the more you get involved in people's life, the more they want and they see the authentic Christian that you are. And they want to be involved in things that you care. You know, if, if you care about them, then they're going to start caring about the things that you are involved in. And then the, 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 uh, it's, it's care. You're going to be the ministry. 
you'll find that you'll be one of the first people that, that your group connects to. They'll be the first one to pick up the phone and say, man, I had a bad day. They may never call pastor. They'll call you, the leader. Be aware of the needs of your connect group members. You know, I've, I've said it several times, but early on in my ministry, had somebody get really mad at me because I didn't visit them in the hospital. And after we got through it, I realized they never told me they were in the hospital. And nobody told me they were in the hospital. And they didn't put it on Facebook. And they didn't put it, I mean, unless God wrote it on the wall, I'd have had no clue. They hadn't missed a church service. So it wasn't like I could look over on a Sunday and not see them. It was, and, and so your, your connect group, they're going to, they may tell you, hey, I'm moving or we're expecting a child or maybe my, my uncle died. And you might be that very first level. And you have that ability to care for them. And then the K of pick is keep us informed. Because we desire people to be loved, to belong, to believe, and to become. And so we want to know what's happening. We want to hear the stories. One of the things I have loved through, through some of our young people's P7 clubs and other Bible studies that have gone on, Sister K does it. She'll pop in and she'll say, man, we had so and so many people in our, in our ladies' Bible study. Do you know what that does to a pastor? When someone says, hey, I've been teaching a Bible study. Let us know what's going on. Let us hear the praise. Let us hear the story of how God's moving, how God's uh, uh, growing. I understand you're going to find things you don't know how to handle. Guess what? I've been pastor 14 years, and I still ain't figured out how to handle some stuff. And so you're going to find those. We're not expecting you to know everything. If you get to a place where you're like, hmm, that's a little interesting. Guess what? You can call your pastors. Your pastoral staff, you can reach out. We'll help you. If there's a concern, if there's, if there's an issue, we don't want you floundering with your group. We want to help you grow. So verse 10, how do I start a group? I'm glad you asked. I've been waiting for you to ask that question for two weeks. Number one, I want you to be a member of Lighthouse Church. Then I want you to be asking God for direction. What kind of group are you going to lead? Who are you going to invite? Then we'll help you decide on a topic. And like I said, for the, for the beginning, we're going to use discipleship now so that it's easy for everybody. And then if you go to our website now, it, it went live today, or there's going to be a kiosk in the west entrance. There's a, a brand new uh, iPad kiosk standing up by the, by the sign. You can click on the website, look up at the top, and it'll say connect. You can hit that, or connect groups. You can hit that, or you can go to this kiosk. And there's two Two buttons. One of them is not, not operational yet because we don't have any groups to join. But there's uh, uh, start a group, join a group. So you can go on there and you can register your group. And you're going to tell me who you are. You're going to tell us what kind of group you want. You're going to give me a little bit of, of, of understanding when you want to meet, uh, uh, what's going to happen. And then our pastoral staff is going to reach out to you. We're going to do it on a timely basis. It may not be the very next day. But, but we're going to reach out to you, and we're going to just kind of have that one-on-one -on -one time with you, and then we're going to give you training. Now, what I'm hoping is that in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have multiple groups that are wanting to get started. And then what we're going to do in the next couple of weeks is we're going to probably take an off night, and we're going to have a training session where, where multiple people can come. But after we get past that, it may just be a one-on-one -on -one training. But we've got a very robust manual that's going to walk you through what you need to do. I'm not going to go through the I've started a group now what, but you can look up through that. It's just some good advice. 
I mean, even as simple as make sure it's a comfortable temperature. Don't have it 98 degrees in there and don't have it 50 degrees. Make it comfortable. And uh, you, can, you can see some of those, those things. But you'll have the group meeting. We're going to record our attendance. But let me talk to you about discipleship now. I want to play this video. This is an incredible uh, opportunity that the United Pentecostal Church International has been working on. And this is a, a 100% apostolic endeavor. We have a mission. We have a purpose to be the church in our community, the church that God has called us to be. If we are ever going to make disciples, we first have to be disciples. If we want to grow, we have to discover a way to bring the teachings of the Bible beyond Sunday fellowship into our everyday lives. Every soul, both inside and outside our walls, can step into the best life that God has prepared for them. That is why our church now subscribes to Discipleship Now. It's free for every member. Unlock an incredible library of apostolic media for spiritual growth. Get access to video studies and devotional content that will enrich your home, your relationships, and your own walk with God. Listen to classic sermons and relive powerful conferences and events from across the nation. Experience discipleship in your home every day of the week. Join our church in making discipleship the passion of our daily lives. And together, we will become the church God has called us to. Discipleship now, they, they've developed it, and it's, it's absolutely incredible. Um, put up that, that next slide for the discipleship now. So what it is, is it, it, you can go onto your computer. They have apps. You can play them on your smart TVs, Roku and, and Apple TV and all of that. It's, it's there. Think, and, and I, I know this is a bad analogy, but think of, a, of, a, of an apostolic Netflix or an apostolic YouTube where everything on it is 100% apostolic. They have uh, what we're going to be using in our small groups or what they call the original series. And, and, and I, we're doing one with, the, with the, the men's group that I have on, on Friday mornings. We're doing one called Who Dat? And it's by Brother Scott Graham. And it's four lessons on obscure, four obscure men of the Bible and it's about a six-minute video, and then we're going to discuss those. And so that's there. There's, there's stuff for families. There's stuff for young people and hyphen names like L.J. Harry and Jerry Jones and uh, Rashidi Collins, I believe, has done one, and, and uh, Brother Woodward and, and Brother Darren Sargent and, and so many more, Sister Lindsay uh, Walker. And, and so those originals are, are designed for small groups. Most of them are four lessons. Some of them may jump up to six lessons, but most of them are four lessons. They come with each lesson has their own discussion uh, uh, page, and it, that way you don't, have to, you don't have to do the work. You can let someone else do the work, and you just lead it. But for you and, and, and for the fun, you ever wanted to go back, especially those of you that have been raised in the United Pentecost Church, you, you, you hear those, those names, and you've, you've heard of those, those preachers, brother, who was it that, that came office? Brother uh, Bruce Lowe came to my office tonight before church, handed me a stack of tapes 
because, as y'all know, I, I tend to like old stuff, and so I still have tape player. I think my truck still has a tape player. I can listen to tapes. And he brought me a stack of tapes of Brother Charles Mahaney. I can't wait to listen to him. And so you can go into Discipleship Now, this app, and you can, you can listen to our past conferences and watch our past youth convention, our youth congresses. You can listen to classic sermons from people like uh, Brother, Brother uh, uh, Houston, Texas, Kilgore, Brother Kilgore, and Brother N.A. Urshan. Uh, I believe there's even, for, for those of you that, that come from Bethel, I believe there's several sermons in there from, from Brother Jonathan Urshan. Uh, you can find them. Some of them are just the audio. Some of them are the video. There's teaching sessions on there. Uh, there's some, and we're, we're developing more. I, I play a small role in this, but we're developing more for kids that they can play. Uh, they've also started a weekly devotion. I was the very first devotion, so if you go in there, you can, you can see me. But, uh, but, but they, they have a weekly devotion that you can play, kind of like a podcast you can play. What's the next slide? I forgot to write these down. All right, so here, here's where it is, and this is kind of where I'm, I'm ending because there's there's too much to say and not enough time. And even though I'm trying to stay, there's no way I could do it in one service. You have it right there. So if, if you don't want to do it in, in right now, then, then you could hang out and you could leave and you'd be fine. But if you want me to walk you through it, I will. So uh, Sister Harding, I'll let you come and you can play and people think I'm done. Maybe my wife who's down there with the kids and I told her I'd be done at 830. She doesn't kill me. Um, but our church has invested into the Discipleship Now program. And so because of that, we have a special access code so you don't have to pay for it. The church has already taken care of that. And so what you can do is you can get your, or go back, go back to the other one that has a QR code, Sister Jeannie. You can pick up your phone right now. You can scan that or you can scan that QR code that's on page 12. And so you're going to scan that code. And it's going to, uh, somebody do it real quick and let me see it. I can't do it because I've already signed on. Who, who, who's, okay. No, it doesn't help. You've already done it. Right? All right. Let me see what it says. Who, who's, who's done it? Okay, thank you. So, you. so it should show you a login, an email, and a password. Take you an email that you have that you use that you have access to, type an email in there, and then type you a password. Make it easy, because I have no idea how to find it if you do it wrong. I have to send you off to headquarters, and I don't know where you'll get to. So make it easy. Make it the simplest password. Who cares if someone hacks your discipleship now? The worst thing they're going to get is apostolic preaching. <laughs> so so you, you, just, you just put your email address in, you're going to put your password. Now, somebody who's gotten past that, let me see what it says. Was that Riley? Were you the one that was showing to? All right, show me what it says after someone's put your, your, your password. Okay, after that, you're going to see, it's going to show you that it's $979 a year. That's not true. Under it, it says promo code. Under promo code, you're going to put LHC, that stands for Lighthouse Church, LHC Now. And you press apply, confirm, whatever it says, and it should open up a whole library of really cool videos. All right, let me see it. All right. 
Yep, you've got to confirm it. So there's originals. There's the midweek moment, which is which is uh, uh, the, the um, what do you call it? The, the devotion. There's lessons. There's conferences. There's documentaries. There's a 75th anniversary documentary of the UPC if you want to watch that. You want to watch Landmarks on the Road Home, another documentary. Then classic sermons that you can listen to. And so again, some of you some of you are super tech savvy and you've already got this figured out. You're already on it, man. You're rocking. If you're having issues, you can find me or Sister uh, Rache after church. When the leaves get back from vacation, you can find the leaves. They know how to do this and they can help you out. Put up that last slide that shows the... So once you've done that, because right now when you, when you hit that that QR code, that took you to a website, okay? But now you can go and you can download from the App Store, from Google Play. You can actually download the Discipleship Now app. And then it's going to ask you to sign in, I think. Sign in with that email and password you just made. Then you have an app on your phone that you just click. If you have a Roku, if you have Apple TV, if you have Android TV, if you have Fire TV, you can go to that smart TV, download the Discipleship app, put it in there, and now you have it on your screen it's very simple and uh, this is this is how easy it is for you to for you to teach be a part of that we're not asking you to be the greatest teacher that's not what we're asking we're asking you to just open your home remember Cornelius he didn't do the teaching Cornelius just opened his home he was the host Peter came into his home and taught we're going to be the host and we'll let discipleship now in we'll let discipleship teach and then you can lead those discussions. And it's going to be an incredible, incredible thing. I know there's a lot more that, that we could talk about, but I think I've given you a pretty good overview of what we're wanting to do this year. And I'm not going to measure the success of our connect groups by whether or not everybody has a connect group in their home. That's not how I measure the success. I'm not going to measure the success by a number of connect groups. I'm going to measure success by just having connect groups that are consistent. And so what, what my prayer and what my desire is is that God now would begin to lead. Some of you, I think, have already been thinking about this because even before we launched this, even before you knew anything about it, I had people that would walk up and say, man, I want to do something. And I would tell them, I'd tell you, I'd say, hold on. Just give me a couple weeks and we're going to launch this and you'll, you'll be able to join it. So I know God's been talking. And so what I want you to start doing is listening. Say, God, who, who can I, who's the group I can connect with? Because all of us have groups. It may not be a spiritual group, but all of us have groups. We all got friends. We all hang with people. We all go out to eat with people. We, we all have groups. The key is we're going to bring Jesus into those, those groups. I want us to stand we're going to pray, and then I'm going to dismiss. If, if you were able to get it figured out and you feel good and you want to leave, you certainly can. And then for the next little bit, Sister Rache and myself will make ourselves available if someone has a, a quick question. Now, if you're going to ask me all the details, I'm going to tell you hold off, and you're going to have to come and to, the, to, the, to the training because I'm not going to teach it to you tonight. But if you got a question on discipleship now or something we can answer quickly, we'll certainly do that. But I want us to pray right now. Jesus, 
Lord, I love this church and I love these people. I'm so thankful for what they represent. God, they, they represent communities and families and friends and groups that, that I don't even have access to. And Lord, I believe this is just another, uh, another place that you're taking Lighthouse so that we can reach our communities, reach our friends, make a difference, that we can be disciple makers. Lord, I'm asking that you would let, even though tonight was more teaching than, or, you know, kind of explaining it, but Lord, I still believe that burden gets implanted into the lives and hearts of people. God, I ask that you would have your way. I ask that you would move. And I pray that you would let us hear from you. God, lead and guide us to seeing what group we can start. I ask that you would help. We give you praise in Jesus' name. I, I want to make one statement that I, I meant to say earlier. Some groups may be what we call a closed group. For example, I can only have at my home about 12 or 14 people before I run out of seats. And, and I may have 12 or 14 people that I know that I want to invite. And so it may be that I do all of the inviting and I don't ever really open that group up to anybody. So that may happen. You may have a whole group of people that you can connect to and fill up that group. And, and, and we get that. But there'll be other groups that you'll say, I got, I've got one or two people that can come, but I've got more room. And that's where join a group on that kiosk will go. People can go and, and see Sister Kay, your group is kind of technically one of those groups, your, your, your Tuesday morning Bible study. And so it's going to be out there. People can say, I want to I be a part of Tuesday morning Bible study. Some of you already have some small groups in your home. We want you to register those groups so we know about them, so that we can celebrate and see what's going on. So if you already have a group in your home, if you already have a Bible study going on in your home, we want you to go on and register that group so we know about it. And we want to do our desire as a pastor and a family and a pastor staff we want to come alongside you and help you. We want to answer every question we can. And we want to do this for the kingdom of God. Would you go with God? Would you go with his mercy? In Jesus' name we pray. God bless.